Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, 608 LNK Today uh, with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Good morning, June 21st, 2022. Happy summer has finally arrived. We have made it. Good, now it can get hot. Now, yes, now we can finally... Get to the point where we can then uh, enjoy and see that hot weather, open up the pools, uh, turn on the air conditioning, that sort of stuff, and we ring in the new season today with a high in the upper 80s, actually cooler than it's been the last few days, couple of days in the uh, in the 90s ahead, but sat- this weekend we're looking like we might not get out of the 70s now that summer is here and maybe getting a little bit more rain. Got a good show for you today. It's Tuesday. That means Joe Jordan, News Channel Nebraska, is going to join us. Also going to have Jason Ball from the Lincoln Convention and Visitors Bureau. And uh, um, a little... Um, yeah, Disney from the Chamber. Chamber, which Lincoln Conventioners and Visitors Bureau is kind of an offshoot of. So yep. what I said is correct. Um, kind of, yeah. I mean... Yeah, okay. all right. Moving on. I mean, it's like saying uh, LeBron James plays in the WNBA. Still technically true, right? Same thing. <laughs> oh. And I am excited for our Top 5 Tuesday today. We'll be doing this at 835, uh, but with the official beginning of summer, uh, and I think all of our mutual enjoyment of a little food that we call meat, we we are going to do... Our uh, our meat rankings today. Top five Tuesday is going to be meat rankings. Now, Caleb and I were having kind of a technical conversation before the show started. <clears throat> we're not just we're not Pre-show ranking show meeting. We did it. We're not ranking the animal, right? It's not just you know like beef, pork, pork, chicken. It's you, know, you could it could be all pork if you wanted it to be types of types of fixtures. I mean, you go ham, chicken, te- or, uh, or pork tenderloin, uh, pulled pork, whatever. Bacon, w- however, yes, whatever. however you want to do it. But I think this is going to be, I think it's going to be fascinating here, potentially a little con- uh, controversial. Oh, I already anticipated here, here with this whole thing. And I've got a few things I'm still wrestling with. I've got until eight thirty-five. I've got two and a half hours to nail down my top five. Uh, there's a lot of competition going on right there. But yeah, so your your favorite, it's essentially your favorite meat to eat. Mm-hmm. Okay. But just the meat, I mean, I don't want I don't want like a pepperoni pizza. That's not what I'm looking for. We're, it's meat and nothing but meat. Okay? <laughs> so, so and not eat- and not I'm I'm not taking any of this I- I- impossible hamburger or whatever or whatever they are. The the, you veg- want the real the McCoy. The real McCoy. So I'm So uh, you, you want from like in beef, uh, my favorite cut would be a bone in ribeye. That yes. would that could be your number one. Yeah. Yes, that's that's how this yeah, so, that's, so it's not just steak. Right. Mark Mark likes to gnaw the gristle right off of the bone. It's good. Of his steak. Yes. Uh, yeah. ba- back so, when, uh, back and, when, and there's a problem with that. No, I just, I just was, just, just was mentioning one that. of the best parts. When, uh, when uh, Kellen Avakin, R.I.P., uh, not dead, just dead to us, mm-hmm. was on the show, he brought us some of those Hevakin uh, Farms beef, uh, those steaks. Yeah, those. He got me a huge. Uh, those, I think that was the last time I had a huge like bone-in steak. Typically, I don't mm. buy those from the store. Maybe I shoot more often though. We didn't. So much we didn't have. We didn't have bone in on Sunday, but there's all the little parts where it's like a little bit fatty. 
Megan will cut all of those parts off, I go, well, put those on my plate. I don't care what that's going to do to me. So that you're, is delicious. You're, you're just having your wife cut off the fat on her steak and giving it to you? Yes. Is, uh, uh, is, hold on. Plump. Is fat eligible for the top five? <laughs> just the, the <laughs> fat that you've you burned you, onto it. You don't like bacon grease? Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's true. I mean, what, what better to cook pancakes in than bacon oh, grease? Man. I was thinking what better to make a milkshake out of, but all right. Huh. I've got, listen, I got a bunch of salsa jars and old cans in my freezer in the garage filled with, mm-hmm. with grease. So that, that's, uh, that's the way that I do it. No, deal what you it. need to do is when you're making a, a BLT, and sometimes I don't use the lettuce or ever, but do the bacon first and then slice up your tomatoes and just fry those in the bacon grease. Ooh. Okay. That sounds good. Yeah, it's right. very good. Right. See, this is going to be a great conversation. I mean, this is the kind of thing that we're going to get for this. So I say it now because I want you all thinking about it. Hashtag food uh, show. And yeah, you can, uh, you can you can text your rankings into the Rick Stein recognition text line uh, anytime you want during the show today, and it'll be good to kind of set up the conversation. We'll we'll uh, we'll discuss discuss that over the course of um, over the course of the show. Uh, uh, Mark, is there anything pressing that we need to get to? Because I, I have, I have something I want to do. No. It's not necessarily okay. I didn't think it's really quiet. <laughs> I kind of, I, I agree. The, the, the only, the only thing that uh, when I was talking to Captain Max Hubka this morning, LPD uh, duty command he said there was a rash of things stolen from vehicles that were unlocked over the weekend. Okay, Ooh, lock just, those cars. Just a reminder: roll up the windows, lock the car. You don't want to lose what's in it because right. it's, it's just a, uh, it's a crime of opportunity. People walking by see it laying there in the seat and. It's gone. Do we need to warn people not when they stop by the convenience store uh, like uh, you do in the winter just yeah. to keep the car running, to keep it cool, maybe, as well? Mm-hmm. I don't know. If pe- is that a thing? Yes. Do people yes. do that? Yes. You start your car in the morning uh, early when it's hot outside to cool it off? I do don't. Pe- no. Do people do that? Does that work? I don't well, know. depends on you know, how you've got uh, auto start set. I, I, uh, I drove my wife's car this weekend, and her air conditioning takes too long to cool down. I learned that this weekend the hard way. I don't just put your windows down. Windows, it's 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 a hundred three heat index outside. And Caleb. when you're driving, just let that air. Yeah, flow that come feels through. lovely. Yeah, that that's what I need. My goodness, that's what wow. you need is four seventy five uh, air conditioning. Um, I, spoiled East Lincoln over here. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> uh, okay, so I've got to bring the Tim Ruza brought this up off the air yesterday, and I did some reading on it because I didn't see it. Was that when you guys oh, were talking through my entire sports cast over the weekend? I uh, know that was about something else. Okay, but did you see these stories that uh, that are about whether or not people have inner monologues? Oh yeah. <laughs> Did you see any of this, Mark? No. That's been. Uh, I, I think. Inner monologue. Yeah, this has been research that's been done for a while, but I don't know. It's it's popped up now at this point, but evidently there are these these pieces out talking about the research that some people don't have an inner monologue, meaning they don't talk to themselves in their heads with words. New evidence is. Uh, uh, prompted researchers to reconsider assumptions about how we think and what role language plays in the process. And apparently there are some people, according to these stories that are out, that there is unsymbolized thinking that goes on. It's a type of cognitive process that occurs without the use of words. So I ask you the question, when you think, and I thought everyone did, do you think using words or do you know if you think? Using words. And if not, how do you think? 
Exactly. Can we all agree here that we think using words when we think about stuff? Uh, yeah, you, you kind of talk to yourself in your head. Yeah, that's I thought everyone yeah. did. Well, in my case, I just sometimes needed an ex- expert opinion. That's why I talk <laughs> to myself. But. This is this is mind blowing to me in words. Mind blowing. Well, some things you don't use words; you just kind of visualize things. Now I'm really caught in my own head thinking about this, but I absolutely. I absolutely think in, I am constantly, there's an inner monologue in the English language happening in my head at all times. And I, I, I guess I just thought that was, that was something that everyone does. Does, so, it, does so, it have an accent? Your, your, your <laughs> mind. It depends. Sometimes I, this some, is Jack Mitchell. <laughs> sometimes I like to go Australian in my own head when I'm thinking about kangaroos and didgeridoos. Good. Sometimes I do that. Um, so that study that it comes from, there's three different ways that they say. Okay, people. let's see which one we do. So there's uh, there is the one that we are all discussing, um, which is dialog dia dialogality. That's what I have. Yes, I've got that. Where I actually am thinking in sentences. That's a word I should have practiced. Before thinking I tried in sentences to say and words. Um, okay. So the second one is called. Uh, condensation, a measure of how verbose your inner s- speech is. Sometimes you think in words or fragments, but other times, like when you're preparing for a conversation or presentation, you're likely thinking in whole sentences and paragraphs. It and like third is thing. intentionality. Um, is uh, Are you engaging in inner speech on purpose for reasons we don't know? Sometimes inner speech can just come... F- oh, these are all three ways of having an inner okay, monologue. Okay, yeah, that's what it sounded like you are saying. The three same, ways of same having an inner there. monologue. Same, same thing that you were saying there. Thinking in my head, that's the same thing you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> these are all the same he's, thing. He's saying these the same way. <laughs> I need to tell him that. I don't know. I, maybe that's not as fascinating to anybody. But I just want to know what it looks like for people if they're out there who don't think in words. What, are you thinking in like shapes and diagrams, or is it just silent colors? No, is but, it silent? Yes. You know, I there, there have been times when I've been trying to figure out how to how to uh, well, back in a former job, um, air uh, systems around transmitters was something that we just struggled with, especially in hot weather. So I, you would visualize airflow, and, and I would try to see where the best place to have an exhaust fan or an inlet so that you would minimize uh, the cost. I mean, and that's just a visualization. But I, my brain would go, okay, time to visualize airflow. And, and, and Here's as some visualizations of airflow. And as you're trying to do it, going, okay, well, if the air is going through here, the, the, then, the, then the next part is we need to make sure that it can come out over here. <laughs> And what drives it? So yeah, so and then you know, and when even I even re- then, I'm like, like I'm talking through it in my in my head. Well, you, I guess kind of, but without words, because I just kind of visualize it mm-hmm. the the series. And when I get really stuck, it, I just go with WWJS. What would Jack say? <laughs> I bet you do. I bet you do. All right. Well, anyway. I don't know that we broke any new ground in that conversation, but I've been thinking about it a lot lately after we talked about it yesterday and the thing you get definitely, definitely in words as well. Uh, hey, I want to say uh, thank you to Lincoln Executive Club for having me out yesterday. Did a little. What did you even talk about? Uh, you know, I, uh, I, uh, I prepared very lightly just in, in terms of 
just in terms of where to go. But I, I use like the morning show. Our help for <laughs> the help that I got from the listeners yesterday on some of the most interesting stories uh, that we'd we'd uh, that we'd had over the years. So got into that. It was interesting though. I took questions um, at the end of it, and one of the the things that actually came up in the room was was O Street and what you. And what you do with O Street and the drag races and those sorts of things. It's a, apparently a far-reaching issue in terms of, you know, the question. And, and I, I had the same answer, basically, that I had on the air when we've talked about this before. Is the only thing that I think is really going to crack down on this is if there's enough of a, a police presence and the threat of getting in trouble from, you know, from the police getting pulled over, getting a ticket, something worse than that. That's the... That's the only obvious dissuasion, I think, from I mean, it's, it's kind of what we do to dissuade people from doing things that are illegal. So it doesn't seem like it's a particularly complex scenario to figure out. But that's not necessarily always in the cards in terms of staffing, in terms of priorities elsewhere and in terms of those sorts of things. But I don't know if you guys saw that that uh, picture. Journal Star had a picture like an aerial view, probably took it with a drone of one of the intersections on O Street and just seeing all of the black burnout slash skid marks that are on O Street right now. <laughs> I've, now I've, I've gotten into checking out other streets, which I probably would have never noticed them before. But, yeah, you don't really quite see anything like that any, uh, anywhere else in the city. So I thought that was interesting, too. No, because in a lot of parts of the city, the potholes just kind of eat it up. Have there even been potholes this year? Oh. My goodness! Wait, okay, not really? like other years, but there, no, there's this some is rough the best roads. year in our history for there, potholes. There's rough roads in this town. Okay, all right. Uh, I I just that seemed like it was pretty low on the, but I never it notice is. it. I never notice. It, you know, it's weird because it's because you're over on your elbow all the time while you're driving. It it is very fascinating because in doing the show for whatever amount of years that that I've done it, roads are always a big topic, and there are some people who just who who noticed that stuff like how rough the roads are and low quality and and issues with with the roads and for whatever reason maybe I'm not perceptive maybe it's not just at the top of my priority list but I always like yeah I don't really notice that and I'm not saying you shouldn't have good roads because you <laughs> should have good roads but I just don't have I mean I might maybe my inner monologue is too busy to oh, really geez. ever notice those sorts of things I just, I, I mean, I just, I almost feel bad sometimes. Like, ah, I should probably, you know, I should probably get more fired up about the quality of the roads in this city because just, I don't think I would. Were it not for realizing that it is something that so many other people notice, were it not for that, it would never come up for me. Uh, it, it, except for some of those times, I will say the exception is some of those winters with with the potholes that were there incredibly bad i obviously i think i was gonna say do i've you, seen those do you never try to go around a pothole do you like, the, yeah do you just yeah, never again. see them well, do, do you have some kind of otherworldly suspension perhaps uh, i mean that's that's if you got is that a, a actually a hovercraft instead of a highlander yeah maybe it's very nice it's very nice not all of us can afford that <laughs> Wow. My father-in-law was in town and he was and he said last weekend for Father's Day and he's like, "So you're going to get one of those Teslas?" And I was like, "No, but let me tell you about what I do want to get. <laughs> yeah. let me and tell you it about is Meridian. electric." And I'll tell you what, he was impressed. <laughs> wow. 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 
Look at you finally getting the seal of approval. Uh, uh, I see. You know, and, and and another thing that I noticed this morning, I saw uh, uh, Fairbury, Nebraska. They're uh, they're they getting water They're getting to the issue. point with water supply issues there, and it just made me think back to that summer about a decade ago, where it was that was especially bad in Lincoln. Now it seems like we've been getting pretty consistent rain so far, but that's typical of this time of year. Yeah. And and you just wonder if you're due for one of those summers with with where the temperatures have been, um, where where that could be an issue in other parts of Nebraska as well. But yeah, they're they're doing the even numbers uh, addresses water on even calendar days, odd number do the odd number calendar days. Um, so so that kind of a thing is as well. So we'll see if that's something that's going to become a trend in Southeast Nebraska. Did very well. Yeah. So, so top five Tuesday is food. It's meat. 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 Jeez, I explained that in detail at the beginning of the segment. Did that not stick? I'm just just planting it back in my brain. Okay, get that So I can have this little inner monologue and come up with my top five. This is going to be tough. This is going to be tough. By the way, you know what a skeleton's favorite food is? Uh, Bones? Spare ribs. Yeah. I I probably could have come up with that at some point. All right, 625. We've got to go. So Caleb can do sports on KLIN. I like the local news because it doesn't get into all these politics. Get today's top news and sports directly to your inbox. Sign up for the daily at KLIN.com. A look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln and conversation on how that news affects us here. It's time for the sound off on LNK Today. But first, stop it. I miss keys to the city. Did we ever get a hold of Justin? I think Maria did, was getting did, a hold of did Justin. Did Justin get his fat stack of gift cards? I hope so. If not, we just get to pick those I, up, right? I mean, I want to see Justin rolling into like at least half the businesses in this community, right? And just going whoop and just flipping it up. I will go. Grab this one's the, uh, on KLIN. I'll grab the uh, gift card. If he doesn't pick them up, I'm taking you to Country Sliced Ham because I know that'll be your uh, your, your uh, number ham one. Ham will meat. not. I can tell you. I don't want to spoil the segment, but when we do at eight thirty five today, top five Tuesday with top five meats, ham will not be anywhere near. Sad. Ham, I'll tell you this right now too. Turkey won't either. Sad. If you oh, uh, some of the things that you could p- potentially leave off to get. Those types of things on both of those this, are good. They're, f- I, I would amend that to fine. Okay, fine. Mm. But t- this is top five mm. Tuesday, not eh. mm. things that are okay Tuesday. I will fight you on those because it's very much how they're prepared, and you are uh, clearly not dealing with people everything who is, are preparing turkey or ham Caleb, products. Everything correctly. is how it's prepared. You can get you can get Emerald Lagasse to. To give me a turkey sandwich, and and guess what? I'll still take a whole lot of other meats over that that I make. That I make this. I can already tell this is going to be this is going to be a tense segment coming up at eight thirty-five. Uh, this is going to be a controversial segment at eight thirty-five. But I think we'll all come together in a, a common, you know, a common theme of all loving meat. Okay, at least most of at least the the people who will be contributing. Not a good day to be a vegetarian listening to the show. Mostly I want people to uh, tell me what meats they've got on, like, 
the grill and give me That's recipes. eventually I want to get it. I'm hoping we seg into that conversation <laughs> a little bit and get some free tips from uh yes. from our master master smokers and master grillers out there. That'd be good. Um Do you think Chicken Rich spends time raising up the chickens, letting them spend some sick days in bed and then goes, "You know what? It's time for them wings." <laughs> You know what? Come here, clucky. <laughs> Gonna need to bacon wrap that breast right now. <laughs> I have no comment. Um, <laughs> Get those uh, thighs over here. <laughs> Are we still talking about I am, grilling? Okay, I, I, just I don't know what, where your inner just, monologue went. Just but. making 100% sure <laughs> that, is, uh, that is actually the truth. Uh, all right, I want to start today on the sound off by playing uh, a, a little bit of... An exclusive interview that NBC News got um, uh, with the this is this has got to be an interesting job, uh, but it's the Russian uh, secretary. It's one of the 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 communications people, basically uh, for for Russia, um, and that's an like I said, that's a that's a very interesting job. But NBC uh, got an interview with this Pekov guy and. Asked him about a lot of things, but one of the things I think that Americans are probably most interested in is, okay, you've got some Americans that have now been captured and are being held by uh, Russian forces, essentially. How are they justifying that? What are they going to do? Where are they? And by the way, you should watch this whole interview. I don't have time to play all of it, mm-hmm. but but kudos to the, uh, I'm going to get his name here, the, this uh, NBC reporter, kind of crossing that line that you normally wouldn't with with Russian state figures on this whole thing, but take a little bit, take a listen to this discussion here. Where are they? Uh, who is holding them? And what happens next? Well, so they are, uh, uh, they're soldiers of fortune, and they were involved in illegal activities on the territory of Ukraine. They were involved in uh, uh, firing and shelling our, our military personnel. They were endangering their life. And they should be responsible. They should be held responsible for those uh, uh, for those crimes that they have committed. Those crimes have to be investigated. So they are being held in a due place, in a due place, uh, to ensure that the investigation of their crimes is being completed by Russian authorities or by Donetsk authorities. Uh, by due authorities. Um, are they prisoners of war? Hmm? Are they prisoners uh, of war? I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't start uh, start uh, explaining the, the the juridical side of their capture. Uh, the only thing is clear. Uh, so they have committed crimes. What are the crimes they've committed? Because obviously, as you know, yeah. under the Geneva Conventions, uh, fighting not, in a in a, yes. in a conflict is not um, something that is you can be tried for. So what, what are the yes, crimes but, we're talking about? But they are not a Ukrainian army. Uh, do you, so you, they are not a subject to Geneva Convention. You, they are not a, You don't know they, that, They do are you? not members they, of the Ukrainian army. You're certain that they weren't enlisted? You believe they weren't will, enlisted in the Ukrainian be, army? It will be investigated in a due course. So you're trying to establish whether but they Geneva were enlisted. Geneva Conventions cannot be applied for soldiers of fortune. Um, all right. I, I, so he, he put, and he went on to other things. Then he brought up, he was like, okay, well, what about Brittany Griner? <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. D- th- this is a different, si- 
even though you know there's there's disagreement on how how you're dealing with these as he called them soldiers of fortune Brittany Griner's totally different case they just extended her her pre-trial sentencing or whatever it is in the wacko judicial world there in Russia and uh he's he basically said is she a hostage is is what the interviewer for NBC said, uh, and and uh, Peskov said, and he's like an information minister there. He said we cannot call her a hostage. Why should we call her a hostage? She violated Russian law and is and she is being prosecuted. It's not about being a hostage at this point, and um, basically talking about just the, the 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 horrendous act that she basically perpetrated by allegedly having some kind of a vape cartridge uh, in it, which, you know, in, in Russia gets you a, basically a almost a year of, of pretrial detention mm-hmm. with that entire thing. I mean, and then they go on to talk about the war and what's doing. I mean, it's just, I mean, let's, let's not mince words here. The job's basically to be a liar. Yeah. I mean, th- that's what it is. Yeah. That's what it is for this, this whole thing. Um, Dmitry Peskov, but man, that, that was something that the whole interview, if you can find that entire thing, it's not something you see very uh, often with this. And they were sat, they sat down in a, in a room and, and, uh, kind of had it out on a bunch, a bunch of these issues. So it's pretty, I just thought it was interesting stuff. I had a chance to hear some bigger cuts of it here this morning. Uh, all right. Other things that we've got going on, uh, Supreme court decisions coming out today. Now, unlikely, I think that the Roe versus Wade thing happens later this morning. It could in theory, but I still tend to believe they're going to hold that till the very end Mm -hmm. given everything, but uh, we're probably going to have some pretty significant ones that are going to drop down today and right away kick off some <laughs> some extensive discussion. There are over a dozen cases pending with opinions scheduled for today and on Thursday before the U.S. Supreme Court goes on recess. The most anticipated decisions on abortion, in which a leaked draft opinion last month signaled the majority of justices were in favor of giving states the right to make laws, thus limiting abortion access. The high court also takes up gun rights. It is set to decide on whether New York can demand residents demonstrate proper cause to carry a handgun in public. The majority of justices indicated during arguments last fall that they were skeptical of New York's requirement. Jeff Manasso, Fox News. So, uh, yeah, there you go. Um, we'll see. So that, I mean, it could happen today, but no matter what, it's gonna, it'll probably... Um, happen in the next few days i believe they typically do them on on tuesdays or or wednesday mornings but who knows this has just been kind of an abnormal situation here with this but yeah that uh, and and frankly it'll be interesting to see if anything changes from that draft opinion that's out there right now um what you know are there going to be differences in terms of which judges are on the line concurring dissenting are there going to be i mean i kind of doubt that i assume that's close to the final version that ended up getting leaked but it's it's hard to tell with uh with this whole thing so um it's been a it's a been a busy a very busy docket for the supreme court right now and uh, they're going to have a flood of cases coming out in the next couple of days uh, let's see. President was, uh, finishing up a, uh, weekend away and continued to get questions about a potential re- recession and maybe 
maybe a gas tax holiday. The president is back at the White House this morning, but he did soak up some final beach time in Delaware yesterday, where he really bristled at the suggestion that most economists see a recession coming. Not the majority of them aren't saying that. Come on, don't make things up, okay? No one's making that up, though. The Financial Times polled a group of economists and found that nearly 70% expect a recession next year. Now, gas prices did drop just a bit overnight, while the president considers whether to temporarily lift the federal gas tax to offer some relief all right now does the gas tax thing happen here um and and there's some people who say well okay well this is you know this might just end up getting inflation worse at this point but i think they're trying to target it in advance of the the fourth of july holiday that's going on now gas tax uh, holiday would require congressional action to do this that's going to be challenging uh, for, you know, you can debate why that Republicans may oppose this whole thing. Uh, and and perhaps, you know, perhaps this continues to happen there. Other things are talking about a gas rebate. Nah, I, I don't I don't think this is what actually happened. I don't even know how that works. Exactly. You send your receipts in. <laughs> yeah. How, how do you do this whole thing? Uh, so. My guess is that none of this is going to come into fruition uh, in terms of a gas rebate, gas tax, um, th- th- those sorts of things. And, and and I think you know the question is exactly what would the federal gas tax if they if they ended up doing that could reduce gas tax revenues by about twenty billion dollars, defe- depending on how and when and how long the moratorium actually would 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 last at at that point so a lot of questions i don't think this is going to turn into anything significant but it's uh it's uh definitely in the discussion right now uh all right let's see couple of a uh, couple of other things here before we do this how, how about how about a little good news a little good news and i think this is something probably we've all been realizing uh by just taking a look at the the numbers and the anecdotal stories when it comes to COVID. and yeah you've got it seems like i've had kind of a a flood of people, and not a flood, but a decent amount of people the last two weeks that I've um, learned have been infected with COVID again. Mm-hmm. But the one thing that I think we can say and we can all be thankful for right now is that it's just it's less deadly than it has been mm-hmm. here at this point, which is the thing, obviously, that you're you're most concerned about with this. In its early days, the coronavirus pandemic killed thousands of Americans at an alarming speed until vaccinations came on the scene. While COVID-19 is still around, it's a lot less deadly, even though cases continue to rise. It's responsible for an average of 314 deaths a day. That is down from more than 3,000 in January 2021. Scientists telling the New York Times that is due in part because most Americans are vaccinated or have immunity from being exposed to the virus. The big concern for doctors now is a condition known as long COVID. Thousands continue to suffer from COVID-related health problems for weeks and even months. Sue Guzman, Fox yeah. News. Those, no, those numbers are, are, are very, pro- you know, there was sometimes I wonder, oh my gosh, is this going to go on like, like it was then in 2020, 2021 forever? And so far, it just hasn't. It hasn't taken like that. And there have been exceptions, but that's been something that 
you know, it's kind of gone like I think a lot of us hoped that it would to get this, to get at least the worst parts of this very much behind us here at this point. Uh, all right. You might be interested in this one, Caleb, who's uh, going on a big fishing trip here in a couple of weeks. The largest freshwater fish oh, I saw ever this. caught in the world was recorded in the last few days. And... Uh, you're going to need a bigger boat, as they say. <laughs> Scientists confirm a massive 13-foot-long, 660-pound stingray has been pulled from a river in Cambodia. That breaks the previous record, which was a 646-pound catfish reeled in in Thailand back in 2005. Both megafish were plucked from the Mekong River, which flows through several southeastern nations. Freshwater fish are defined as those that spend their entire lives in freshwater, as opposed to marine species such as the bluefin tuna or marlin or fish that migrate between fresh and salt water like the huge beluga sturgeon tom graham fox news reminder to never go for a swim in that river number one here's the thing and i'm sure it's a lot of fun i don't need a fish bigger than me all right like i'm sure i'm sure it's a great time you've got you've got everything weight tested I don't need a fish to be bigger than me. Uh, have you seen the pictures of this thing? Yeah, it looks wild. <laughs> it actually, honestly, I'll say this. It actually looks smaller than I imagined that it would. Now that I'm looking I think at the that's pictures. Just because, when you hear 600 pounds. I think that's just because the uh, stingray shape yeah. does, doesn't make it look uh, all ballooned up like you would imagine right. for a, a tuna or even that whatever size catfish. When, when, when you think of what a fish is going to look. I'm going to be honest. The 600 pound catfish, way more terrifying. <laughs> Pull up the pictures. And which of these would you rather encounter? The 600-pound stingray plus 606 uh, plus stingray or catfish. By far, the catfish is catfish is a whale. It's terrifying. (laughs) It's absolute. By the way, how do you catch that thing? Exactly. You're not like Oki noodling for that kind of thing. All right, Nebraska Game and Parks. Where am I getting my master angler for this thing, Caleb? (laughs) I have one mission for you. By the way, I do have a master angler for a uh, channel catfish. I don't know what that means, but congrats. Jeez. Oh, How are you on the baiting situation? Have you received that award yet? I am a master. <laughs> um, I want you to break this record. Okay. Coming up when you go to Minnesota. All right. Okay. I'll do no, what actually, I Actually, you know what? Don't come back till you break it. Well, see you guys later. <laughs> Until we break the Stingray record from Asia, I don't want to see you back in this studio. I want you and your dad out there <laughs> getting it done. Uh, all right. Uh, last but not least, it is the longest day of the year, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the summer solstice. 2022. You'll have longer to enjoy the daylight today than any other day of the year. It's the summer solstice, marking the longest period of daylight and the shortest nighttime of 2022 for those in the northern hemisphere. The summer solstice date is not the same every year because it's not based on a specific calendar or time. At the solstice, the angle between the sun's rays and the plane of the Earth's equator appears to stand still. According to the Farmer's Almanac, the summer solstice depends on when the sun reaches the northernmost point from the equator and can fall anywhere between june 20th and 22nd tanya j powers fox news and it was weird walking into work today because <laughs> light as can be in the 80s it felt like it was two in the afternoon 
It, uh, the sun was in a different place in the sky, but other than that, that was very odd. But nonetheless, here we are, and guess what? Good news is summer's here. Bad news is days start getting shorter tomorrow. Good. I've I've realized as I wear clothes, I'm like, uh, Megan would come home and go, hey, what's As like? I wear clothes? No, 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 I'm getting to that. But oh, is that, oh, okay. Like, comma, as I wear clothes, <laughs> comma. I mean, there's times when you are and when you're maybe not. Maybe so. Yeah, who okay. knows? Uh, I'm wearing clothes right now. Thank you. Theater of the mind. Um, but I would ask Megan, hey, is it, how is it outside? She goes, it's like 100 degrees. I go, so I, I shouldn't put this hoodie on? Like, I love fall weather. I love just throwing a hoodie and shorts on. What is the ideal? Okay, and here's what we always act like we're kind of sad. Ken Dewey always comes on after the winter solstice, and he's always like, the days are get, getting longer and being optimistic, and that feels optimistic. I don't know that what we've got today in terms of daylight is the ideal either, though, right? It's, it's, just, it's just a lot. I mean, we talk all the time about daylight saving time and all those sorts of things. Like, if you could design one common year round sunrise sunset, what would it be? I'm thinking 7 a.m., 6.30 a.m. Give me to about give me to about 8.30. Yeah, 6.30 to 8.30. Right. Is that good? Let's put putting that sunset around 8, 8.30, 8.31. 8.30. I don't need it until 9.30. Right. I don't need it until 9.15. But I'm thinking somewhere 6.30 to 8.30, 7 to 9. Something like that, probably. Let's find what days that is. That's And that's a new holiday. <laughs> All right, I'm going to look that up now. All right, it's 6.56. It's LNK Today with Jack and Friends on Lincoln's News and Talk 1400 and 99.3 KLIN. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, Joe Jordan News Channel, Nebraska coming up at 7.10. We are going to talk to Jason Ball, Lincoln Chamber coming up at 8.10. And then the controversial, the ultimate discussion. Top 5 Friday, Summer Solstice Edition. Top five Tuesday. Top five Tuesday. Top five meets. Top five meets. This is going to get very contentious. I look forward to it. Seven o'clock, KLI and Lincoln. All right, seven ten. LNK today with Jack and friends on KLIN. Eighty-one degrees in the capital city on this summer solstice. Joe Jordan, News Channel Nebraska, joins us right now. Good morning, Joe. How are you doing today? I'm good, Jack. How are you? Uh, not not too bad, not too bad here. Um, I, I I'm just looking across the street. Hey, gas prices actually went down in Lincoln a few cents. I think. Yeah, they went it, down here a bit too. That's it's all done. We're done. The nightmare <laughs> is over. Very exciting. Very exciting. You know, it, it's interesting because we were just talking about apparently um, uh, Biden is considering. Now, I don't think that this will actually happen. But we were just discussing last hour about how President Biden is is discussing a, a potential gas tax holiday at the federal level. Um, whether he's going to get enough Republicans to to agree with that is another question altogether. But I know you had a story, too, on whether this would be something that would be a consideration at the state level. And it doesn't sound like uh, Governor Ricketts is this is something that he would be interested in. Tell us a little bit about what he said about that. Well, he's clearly opposed to uh, putting any type of moratorium on the on the gas tax here. It's basically, for those who don't know, it's 25 cents a gallon. Uh, the money is used by the state to keep the roads fixed or fix them up or whatever. But uh, which which made me think back to the the governor's race when uh, when uh, Jim Pillen said the roads here were not that bad. And then the governor came out and said the roads were really good. It was kind of an awkward moment for Mr. Pillen. But putting that aside for the second, the governor made it very clear that 
that uh, he's he's opposed to uh, any type of moratorium on the gas tax because he thinks that that's just going to uh, defer road problems down the road and you'll just you sort of never catch up. One thing that I didn't actually get a chance to talk about because it didn't dawn on me until after the fact was, uh, and I, and I intend to try to get a hold of the governor's office on this, uh, hopefully today to see if there's any thought on this. I understand the argument that the gas tax is used to fix the roads, but what about, what about diesel for farmers? They put, they basically put the diesel in their tractors. They're not on the roads. For the most part, I mean, I guarantee they have to go True. off the roads here and there. But, but I think probably ninety percent of the time, that diesel goes into a tractor that is on farmland. So could they get a break on the on the on the tax on the diesel? Because the tax, as I understand it, is the same as on diesel as it is on regular gasoline, twenty five cents a gallon. Yep. And um, so that's something that I want to see if the governor's office is uh, interested in talking about. Uh, we'll find out. But clearly, on just the, the, the gas tax holiday. Uh, Governor Ricketts has made it very clear that he thinks that's a bad idea because all it does is postpone uh, road cons- road funding uh, further off. And as he said to me, we all know how Nebraskans want their roads to be in in good and solid conditions. Yeah, that's interesting. I hadn't thought of that, but yeah, by by law, I, I looked it up, and uh, it is the same whether whether you're talking about um, whether you're talking about gas tax or diesel in Nebraska. Some states it's different. You know, I just I've got a list here like Indiana thirty two for gas, fifty three for diesel. Um, there, there are a handful that are like that, and then other ones have the same. And there's, there's kind of a wide variety. And what, what I wondered whether you're talking about the federal gas tax or the state gas tax, if there were some kind of a suspension. And again, I don't know that there will be on either of these. But uh, yeah, you're talking about twenty five cents a gallon at the state level. I think about eighteen cents on, on the federal level. And right. so, I, I think there's also a question like is. How impactful is that on, you know, just the pain that comes along with the pump? 25 cents a gallon. Okay, so let's say you're filling up 20, you know, 20 gallons, maybe average or a little bit above average. But you're talking about five bucks each time that you're filling up, right? Uh, if it's if it's just the state tax. So we'll see. It'll be interesting. Caleb, you, you have something um, here. Yeah, we have multiple callers, and actually there's more, so I'm going to put people <laughs> on hold. Um, so farmers pay off-road diesel, and that's non-taxed. Oh, there you go, Joe. You got your answer. You you you've got it there. But anyway, uh, uh, back to back to the original thing. Like you do wonder if if that if that would even provide if either of these did how much pain that's going to actually avert for people at the pump. Eighteen twenty five cents a gallon. Maybe that is significant. I don't know. Yeah, I, the only reason I think it, it, it I think it's more psychological than economical. Yeah. I think because as you said a second ago, uh, you looked around Lincoln and some of the prices have gone down, which, in, you know, for your pocketbook, it probably doesn't mean a whole lot. It's, it's, yeah, I don't know. What is it? I was talking at Omaha yesterday. It looked maybe 15 cents a drop, I thought, depending on which gas station you were looking at, which, you know, it's, it's, I think it's more psychological. Like you said a second ago, they all, you feel better about it, but it's still pretty much the same amount of money coming out of your pocket. But. Right. Yeah. And uh, and it's interesting because other states have done this, as I've, I've read about it. Um, uh, gas tax holidays, Connecticut, Georgia, Maryland, and, and there are, are some of them at that point. But then I guess the other question then is, 
and and this is primarily at the federal level, but I guess it applies to the state level too, is what impact does something like that have on inflation, which is something you've got to ask with all these questions too, because it's such an issue right now. Well, that's the pre- prevailing issue, and mm-hmm. it's the issue that's keeping Democrats, you know, <laughs> awake all night long, because, uh, you know, it's been said that, that while there might be some time between now and November for uh, the Biden administration to lessen the inflation pain, uh, there's a lot of uh, historical information that indicates that by the time you get to July, uh, the votes for November are pretty much secured, other than that 5 or 10% in the middle that might be floating back and forth. But by the time you get to July, people's minds are kind of made up, and it's really hard to change them between them and November. So what we're, the, the, the pain people are feeling right now, and inflation, I think, you know, is, is the overriding factor when it comes to how people are going to vote this fall. Uh, that's a problem that the Democrats have uh, nationwide and most significantly in the in the second congressional district where where the bacon Vargas race uh, Democrats think they've got a shot they they do have a shot I think that it, it gets less every every day we're talking about inflation to be honest with you yeah and, and, and I guess the other issue, if you're talking about a gas tax holiday or I don't know, some kind of a there's also been some discussion at the federal level, like a gas rebate, which I don't really know how that works. You send your receipts in and you get you get back 20 cents on the dollar or something like that. Or if they just send uh, gas cards out with with this entire thing. But fact of the matter, at the federal level, it would require congressional approval. Um, I'm not sure what's available to the governor at the state level to do something like this. But the other kind of weird thing is, like, very traditionally, if you think of conservative versus liberal, the, the you know, the conservative idea would be a, any any tax cut is generally a good tax cut, even if it's temporary and even if it's something like that. Now, I suppose you could make an argument about budgeting and conservative budgeting that goes along with this. But this is another one, because I know in the Biden tax cut was dis- or the uh, gas tax holiday was discussed. There were a lot of Democrats that bristled at the idea because for, for the same reasons, right, for for the impacts that it would have on budgetary issues. Well, I thought that was one of the I think that's one of the, the uh, curiosities of, of, of Governor Ricketts view on this whole thing is that. We, we, if, if we learn nothing over the last seven and a half years, there aren't a lot of taxes Pete Ricketts likes. Mm-hmm. And, but, but at this moment in time to say we're not going to do anything uh, with, with the gas tax, I think it raises a variety of questions. For one, we all, we all know now how flush the state coffers are. Uh, so could you, you know, push some of that money aside? Now the question is, could you, could you convert it back to, to roads? Repair. I don't know how right. that necessarily would work. I think that's probably the question mark. But but clearly the governor over the last seven and a half years has made it very clear he's he's no fan of taxes. But at this moment in time, he's not ready to uh, suspend or delay uh, any implementation of the uh, of the of the gas tax here in Nebraska. Right. Or could you use some of the surplus that isn't involved with roads to do that kind of like that rebate program that's right. been discussed at the uh, at the federal level as well. Hey, I want to save a little time to ask you some questions because it's going to be a, a probably a busy week talking about uh, a special session and what comes next. It's expected that uh, the reversal of Roe versus Wade is going to it could come down today. It'll probably come down, I think, later this week, assuming that nothing changes 
with that opinion, the, the draft opinion that was leaked or nothing significant changes. With that, it sounds like Nebraska would go forward with a special session. What kind of idea do we have exactly about when that would happen, uh, what it would entail, and, and kind of what the discussion and likely outcome would be of a special session? Well, before we get to that, I'm not sure there's going to be one. I'm not saying it's not going to happen, but it's close. I mean, if you'll recall, they had 31 votes, and they need 33 to get past the filibuster, which would, which would be coming if there's a, a special session. They only had 31 votes before. Uh, even State Senator Tom Brewer, uh, staunch Republican pro-lifer from Gordon, uh, just this morning I heard him say on another radio station that uh, he doesn't have confidence that a special session would happen. Uh, even if Roe v. Wade is overturned. Interesting. And the reason for that is with those 31 votes, that there were three votes, three, three state senators did not vote. Rich Pauls, because he was ill and has since passed away, he's now been replaced with a, with a staunch pro-lifer, Kathleen Koth. She'll, she would clearly, in my view, vote for a special session. She said, she, in fact, she said that when she was uh, announced, uh, appointed by Ricketts, she said she'd, she'd vote for the special session. There were two other votes, Steve Lathrop, and Justin Wayne, two Omaha Democrats. Lathrop didn't vote. If you'll recall, the the the, the fight over the <laughs> over the trigger bill, so-called trigger bill, to enact uh, legislation in Nebraska the moment Roe v. Wade were overturned, that came right after a big fight over the prisons and and public safety, which mm-hmm. which Lathrop lost. He left the floor, didn't come back, and he never voted on the trigger bill. Now, in committee, he voted against sending it to the full floor. I know this is getting a little bit in the, in the, in the weeds here, but the bottom line is he didn't vote for it on the floor, and, it's, and, and I've tried to get him to talk about it, and he's, he's not talking about how he would vote going forward. The other vote, uh, Justin Wayne did not vote on the trigger bill when it was on the floor, and he has not commented on how he would vote uh, on the special session idea. So it's not clear to me, and, and, and certainly Senator Brewer made it very clear this morning, that uh, he's not sure there's a special session, despite the, what the governor and the uh, speaker of the legislature want to do on this. They, they, the last thing they want to do is call a special session, spend a week and a half in Lincoln, spend a million plus dollars on a special session, and have nothing to show for it. When they pretty much know, that, not a guarantee, but come January, the indication is They'll 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 gain a couple of seats in the legislature. That's always up for you know, debate and, and the voters to decide that in, in, in November. But if they were if they're if they're not sure that they can pull it off in this summer, the odds are they're going to they'll, they'll wait until no, in, until January. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess the 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 significance of not having a special session is more likely just the timing of uh yes. of a few months right most right. likely I'm, other things can intervene that does isn't 100% the case but it's just delaying what i th- i think is probably fairly politically inevitable in this whole thing and the the other thing to throw in that as as you alluded to joe is not only is it a different legislature in terms of how it's made up if you did a special session you'd bring back the band together one more time but you'd be doing it right leading into to general elections in the in the legislature and some of these candidates that are actually up in their districts. And you wonder what they're thinking about political futures that go along with all the attention that would come with that. I would think for the most part, uh, well, Lathrop is interesting because he's not running right. for re-election. He, just, he, he bowed out. He thought, he thought things were just getting too crazy down in, in the legislature. So he said he's not running. So 
there, there's no vote for him. Wayne, I'm pretty sure, is not on the ballot this November. Uh, so, and so I'm pretty sure that's not an issue. I, right. I could easily be corrected on that, but, um, but so, even some of the other mem, the other members too, well, I don't know how it impacts them. Districts. They yeah. seem pretty safe in their districts. Okay. I, would, I would think for the, for the most part, but, but I mean, the real call here is, is can the, does the governor, what political capital can he spend in the, in the, in the last, you know, four or five months of his term here, uh, to push a special session through, get get what he's wanted for a long time, which is a you know a ban on abortion in Nebraska. Uh, because how often over the last seven and a half years has he said, you know, Nebraska is a pro-life state? He said it a million times, and I it, there's no doubt in my mind he wants that uh, he wants that imprimatur on on, on his. Uh, <laughs> time in an office right. here so he there's no doubt in my mind he wants that special session but at the same time he doesn't want a major political defeat as, as he ends his uh, term in lincoln that's true it could be his you know, one of his final significant acts is signing that right. <laughs> after after all the years that he's been governor well it'll be it'll be interesting to see that's okay well i had always kind of assumed it was happening but uh maybe uh maybe not we will wait and see and of course we'll first have to see what actually comes out of the supreme court in the coming you know, 72 hours, most likely. Hey, Joe, great to talk to you. Appreciate it. We'll be watching on News Channel Nebraska. Look forward to talking to you next week again, all right? Hey, and thanks to your audience for bailing me out on the diesel fuel. There you Appreciate go. We that. got some diesel. We got some <laughs> We got some farm implement experts with the diesel. Appreciate it, Joe. Have a good one. You too, Jeff. Joe Jordan, News Channel Nebraska. At 725 LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Before you hit that drive time, stay alert with Nitro Cold Brew Coffee from Broken Rail Beverage Company. This is 1499.3 KLIN. All right, let's jump into the morning drive because Caleb and I need to stop acting like idiots like we do when the mic isn't on. So let's not like it, act like idiots, guys, for the most part. Number five. You heard it from Joe Jordan in the last segment. Uh, federal level and politically probably at the state, Nebraskans won't be getting a relief at the uh, pump, gas pump, because of a gas tax holiday. Are we disappointed? Uh, you, you know, I, I it just seems like such a band-aid type situation there, there's two political parts of this too and it's hard not to look at it that way it 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 does make you feel better if you would go up i mean let's say we took away the federal and state gas tax for the summer just hypothetically so we're talking about 43 cents so today you're paying instead of whatever it is for what is it, like 465 today 460 uh there you're you're talking about 415 417 somewhere somewhere in that range and so yeah i mean if you get gas a lot it, there would be some savings with that i'm um, making sure every single vehicle that we have is full yeah you know, you know like you're going that's on true. that day that's true uh if you would do something like that um that said it's hard. it feels no matter what it just there's a part of me that just feels like whether you keep whether you do it or whether you don't it's really it's it's really something that is geared towards getting you to vote a certain way i'd rather have an income tax holiday than a gas tax holiday well i guess it's all the same money yeah so well yeah it is it's all the same money but it does i mean it impacts people who use more gas obviously well, but the difference the difference it's consumption is essentially well that's true too uh except not on electric vehicles it's not that's true that's so, true. There you go. When I, uh, my uh, my Rivian, when I have that, I'm not even going to pay attention to this. 
I'll also be in extensive debt, and I need to worry about that. Then I need a then I'm gonna need a debt holiday, a Rivian debt holiday as well. Nobody wants you to get a Rivian more than LES. That's exactly right. <laughs> Sucking up all the city's electricity while I just park, get the sweet parking spot that nobody takes with the electric car things at all the places. And since the the lane next to me is empty, I'm pulling out the table, firing up the electric range, grilling up some omelets or something for everybody. Until they put solar panels on the roof, the hood, and the trunk, uh, you know, so that they can be, in a way, self-supporting, not necessarily completely put it on the windshield too why not actually there are some ways that you can do that and still see through with these uh, panels good it's just another one of these things where the, the the whole traditional political spectrum is so jumbled up you've got the you've got the the federal the head of the the democrats at the federal level wanting to wanting to end attacks and you've got the Executive head of the Republicans in the state say we need to we need to keep attacks, and I know it's more there's more nuance to it than that, but it is so hard not to look at this stuff and just say it's all you know it feels like it's all about the votes. Well, one way or the well, other. Well, and, and we were talking about it's it's the economy, stupid. Yeah, and people feeling that oh my wallet's been hurt. Oh, gas prices are too high. If you don't have, I know it's one day, but if you continue to tell people. Well, no, the powers that be are in charge. How does that help one party or hurt the other at midterms? Yeah, yeah. that's true. This is probably the only thing that I totally agree with Barack Obama on. He said a gas tax holiday is a gimmick. That's all it is to make you think that somebody somewhere did something for you. Right, and I'm a little skeptical of, again... You know, maybe I maybe it would it would feel differently if it actually happened, but I'm a little skeptical that 18 cents off of the federal level moves the needle that much politically. I, you know, I just I don't I don't know. It feel you know it feels like rearranging the the chairs on the Titanic a little bit to go from in Lincoln at least. I mean, what 465 to 447? It's like whoa, you know, yeah, because what. What we're looking for is two twenty-five, two fifty. That I'm looking for a dollar seventy-nine. Yeah, you could, you could do that. So uh, anyway, the, but the interesting, the other one that's a little bit interesting is that, and again, I don't think this happens, but there were these discussions, these gas rebates, essentially sponsored by the by the federal government. Now, how that would work logistically, I don't know exactly. I'm not sure if it's like uh, you know a stimulus program where you send everybody a hundred dollar gas card. If it's something like that, or I mean, you, you know, normally when you get a rebate, you've got to sh- send in a proof of purchase to get this whole thing, and and then I'd actually have to think when the gas pump asked me if I want my receipt or not, because I'm just going through and I'm pushing no on everything. I don't want a car wash. I don't want to use my points. I don't want to. It's just all no's for me. Just trying to get that gas out of there. Could we get rid of some of that overhead? All the questions. How many cents per gallon do all those questions cost when it comes to the overhead of gas? Anybody ever ask that question? <laughs> we'll cut out all the questions on the gas pump. Maybe that's its own gas holiday, gas tax holiday. People forget that. Why don't you discuss that, that with yourself and in your inner monologue? <laughs> I have before, obviously. All right, moving on. 
number four. The House January 6th committee is set to hear from some local officials who fended off President Trump's pressure to overturn the 2020 presidential election. The panel investigating the Capitol attack resumes today with testimony from Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffsenberger about Trump's call asking him to find those 11,780 votes to prevent Joe Biden's election victory. Uh, now, uh, Raffsenberger's deputy Gabe Sterling and Arizona Republican state leader Rusty Bowers are also key witnesses. The panel is going to focus on how Trump pressured battleground state officials with schemes to reject state tallies and electors all uh, on his claims of fraud in the election. It, it, it is one thing that this committee has done, I think, was a smart choice and maybe an obvious one, but the vast majority, I don't know if it's all of them, but the vast majority of witnesses either live or that they've used testimony for, and yes, it's been, in some cases, it's been edited and, and presented in a certain way, but it's basically everyone who would otherwise be a a, a Trump ally, a Trump supporter. In fact, uh, one of these, uh, this uh, Georgia election official that they're going to talk to, he said, yeah, I voted for him. I wanted him to win. I, I, you know, I still wanted him to win, but I, I couldn't do this at that point. It essentially cuts the head off this idea. Well, you've got, you've got people on the far left who are scheming to make up these stories, essentially for political purposes. And, you know, to have, you know, Bill Barr say what he did, to have that attorney that they heard from last week who basically told Eastman to get a good criminal defense lawyer in this whole thing. Here's my prediction for the next chapter of this whole thing. Uh, and and there's, there's a little bit out there about this, but the Trump-Eastman relationship, um, whatever it is, is I think that... I think Eastman's the next one to go directly under the bus from the Trump camp. You think so? He's going to be the fall guy. Hmm. Hey, and Mark, do you remember what I said to you about two years ago? I think it was before Caleb was even doing the show. Do you remember what I what I said to you about uh, the uh, w- evaluating whether or not it was a good idea to take legal advice from Rudy Giuliani? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You were highly <laughs> critical. <laughs> I'm just... I. I uh, listen, and, and Giuliani, I'm not trying to pat myself on the back, but wow! I mean, Giuliani uh, wasn't he the one that recommended Eastman to? Uh, probably. I, I don't know if that that think, that could I, be right. I mean, he was. Uh, the, I mean, the orbit's coming down to. I mean, everybody peeled away for the most part, except for a very, uh, a, a very sort of core that involved Giuliani, Eastman, uh, uh, Sidney Powell, uh, the My Pillow guy, um, and that was kind of it. But. All of these other attorneys, all of these other members of the cabinet, they were like, no, don't don't want to do this here at this point. Now, but then on the other hand, you know, I think there, there are a lot of people who are saying, well, you know, the DOJ needs to get involved with this thing. They need to go into this. I don't think you take that lightly either, though. And the question then becomes one of, of intent and what the, you know, what the president at the time believed was actually true and wasn't true and that's that's where you get into the weeds if you talk about some kind of a, a criminal evaluation if you would go forward with something like this and then of course obviously the massive crap storm that it would create in this country <laughs> you think so <laughs> oh yeah i do well if it was, I do. If it, was it doesn't a, i mean there's if it was enough crap we could make uh, you know uh, siphon the methane off and use it for a uh, fuel i mean there's nothing that can be said by anyone that could be 
you know, damning enough for this not to create that in this country here at here at this point. So, uh, yeah, we will uh, we will we will see what comes next with uh, with that whole. Well, they have two hearings left yes. on this thing. You know, one of the the other weird things is that DOJ seems to be frustrated with the committee because they're not turning over just all of their records. I mean, they got scads scads of transcripts and interviews and everything and and doj saying okay well to to act on this we need to have your records they're not getting it. i don't know exactly what's going on in the background of that whole discussion the as Department well. of justice be doing their own investigation if they, if they believe there's criminal activity well it's the, the, i mean this is this gives them beginning to go further with it i suppose i suppose and maybe they didn't initially maybe they didn't well, initially I mean, but why is the committee why would the committee not want them the DOG, DOJ, not to see that, or is there, or do they want to get this done first through the hearings well, and then go forward with it? That's a, I don't have the answer to. I'm right. sure there are theories, but I don't have the answer on why that's an issue. A couple of possibilities. They want to uh, do their job first, and the other possibility is that they may have uncovered some things that would exonerate some people. All right, we'll see. We will see. I'm sure those will be. Uh, if so, they'll bring them out front and center here in the next couple of hearings. Before this is done, this is an afternoon one, right? They're doing this one in the afternoon yeah, today. I, I believe so. Yeah. And then the next one is uh, what the day the day after, I think, in the morning. A busy news week at the federal level. Uh, probably gonna have Roe versus Wade overturned. You're having these New York big hearings law. on the. Yeah, you're having these big hearings on uh, whether or not there was uh, criminal or improper meddling in election results. All of all of these sorts of things. And and we've got an election one week from today. We've got an election one week from today. All right, moving on. Number two. Paul Hamill of the Nebraska Examiner uh, goes deep into a story about the, uh, used to be the Nebraska State Historical Society, now History Nebraska, and uh, whether the Attorney General and State Audit are doing some investigation about uh, a donation of like $260,000. Now, this all comes as the exec there, Trevor Jones, is uh, leaving the job July 1st. It has to go with uh, some restrictions that were put on some of the uh, funding or the donations or grants. It's pretty deep in the weeds on on all of that, on how they were supposed to help uh, from the losses during the pandemic and whether those funds were... Uh, spent correctly or not. That's kind of the 30,000-foot view of it. So he, he stepped down, and they're, uh, what, going to they're moving to France, right? Yeah, the, the you go deep in the story, you find that uh, his wife um, actually uh, was a liver donor, or I would imagine one of these partial donations, and they just uh, rearranged their life priorities and wanted to travel, and so they're moving to France. Interesting. Yeah, and and the, the the old the old foundation, and there was kind of a, some legal spats between Jones and the the old foundation as well. There, and there was he started a, a new foundation. In the the new one, there was a million dollar donation for a family to produce an exhibit on farming, and Paul writes about this. Um, and the foundation declined to turn over the funds from that, saying that the. The, the exhibit that Jones wanted to do doesn't comply with the terms of the donation, whatever that means exactly. What uh, what were a non-compliant farm uh, uh, exhibit? exhibit? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, but yeah, it's 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 interesting to see that there there's a, a lot of questions that are kind of unanswered with this whole thing, and now there are lawsuits, more people getting involved, and some investigations going on. Oops. 
Number two. Sorry, I do the wrong numbers all the time. I hope nobody pays attention to those. I mean, I hope you do, but... Our friends at Wallet Hub. Oh, finally. They've been so busy with all of their other non-ranking endeavors. We get one to two of these a day. I very, very carefully pick out one or two. But Lincoln comes in number six nationally out of out of 150 as the number six best run city in America. Oh boy, best run! Oh like, boy, like it's best for running or like leadership? Uh, how well is Lincoln managed? Okay, that, that is the question. Okay. Oh boy, number six overall. Uh, I think Omaha was like in the 30s, something like that. Financial stability, one area. Education, another. Health, uh, safety. Then economy, uh, other area. Infrastructure and pollution. And total budget per capita. Top two cities were in Idaho, but here's Lincoln, number six. You are behind Nampa, Boise, both in Idaho, Fort Wayne, Indiana, Nashua, New Hampshire, and Lexington, Kentucky. Huh. Interesting. Now, here's a couple of the, the places that I'd like to see Lincoln improve in. 54th for infrastructure and pollution. I'd like that infrastructure. And maybe when the Beltway is up, that'll in, improve the overall infrastructure. So score. that actually hurt hurt Lincoln in this. Um, okay. Well, 75 is average. So Okay, so they're yeah. slightly above average. Oh, yeah, they're, they're, okay. they're above Still average. Still slightly but, above but average. I, I want to move what higher was, than top 50. What was Lincoln the best at? What metric was Lincoln the best rated in? Financial stability, 14th. Okay. And there's good education here. It's 50th. Yeah, really? that, that, that one kind of threw me. Now, you would think that would be one of the One, one of, of the, the higher ones. One of the higher ones on, on this whole thing. Um, well, anyway. Uh, you also had health at 21st, safety at 22nd. I'm just excited because Lincoln finished ahead of Madison, Wisconsin on one of these lists. Oh, boy. We love to we love to wax poetic about Madison, Wisconsin, and the heaven on earth that it is there. But apparently, it's not very well run. Not as well run as Lincoln. All right, thank you, Wallet Hub. You can get back to s- selling wallets now. If you could see some of the stuff they ship us, <laughs> legitimately, does it, without looking, does anyone know what Wallet Hub does? Do uh, rankings of no, beyond, but what is their actual business? Doing rankings of things. <laughs> I think there's another one. I think there's another one. I think they sell wallets. <laughs> Look into it. I think I, you might be able to get a nice, nice. Uh, they, do they have a states with the best wallets ranking? I'll. I'll it's I'll, coming. I'll check on. That. I think that's it. Okay. All right, we got to finish. Sorry. Okay. My number one joke is summer solstice, 414 Central Time this morning. More than a seasonal shift. It also heralds changes and new beginnings. Now, based on the cosmic forecast, the spiritual meaning of the 2022 summer solstice is about finding balance in your life and mustering up the courage to be the boldest version of yourself. Okay, well, that doesn't sound, those two things sound like they conflict with each other, first of all. Balance versus super bold. That could be balance. Now, Caleb and I were having an interesting conversation because, you know, we kind of, we, we, we sort of act like the summer solstice is the pinnacle, the longest day of the year. That seems like a good thing. We kind of mourn when the days are getting shorter. But I think it's somewhere in between, like the perfect, uh-huh. the perfect. Um, like, I, I think I want sunrise about 7, 7.30. I want sunset about 8.30-ish. 
What's my What's my perfect date? If uh, I'm in oh, you age? want seven seven thirty? Okay, let's you say were, you were saying earlier than okay. That so let's, okay. okay. What What did I say earlier? Man, if you want seven o'clock in April, that would be a seven o'clock sunrise. About eight o'clock sunset would get you in uh, early April. Okay. So that's um, the ideal. Day. If you get to August and you get a a, a six thirty sunrise and eight thirty sunset, that's about perfect. All right, what's the mid-aug- date? Mid August, August eleventh this my, year. That's like four days after my birthday. August seven is the perfect day. Many By are way, saying it. sunrise today was at five fifty five. Sunsets this evening at nine oh one. Jeez, that's crazy. Seven fifty seven. Selling K today. Jack and friends on KLIN. KLIN. All right, welcome back. Eighty one degrees in the capital city on this fine. Tuesday morning, June 21st, 2022nd, the summer solstice. And uh, joining us right now, Jason Ball from the Chamber of Commerce, president of the Chamber of Commerce. Good morning, Jason. How are you doing? I'm awesome. Happy summer solstice. How how different is uh, you and you've been in Lincoln? You've been back to you're back to Lincoln now. You've spent some time in in Texas. How different is living in different communities during the summer like weather and does it feel basically the same everywhere? Or is it re- or is it significantly different when you're in a place like Texas as compared to coming back to Lincoln? Well, I'm going to tell you this weekend in Lincoln felt exactly like summertime in Texas okay. to me. Right. I I don't have the I don't have the uh, natural barometer to tell any difference okay. between that kind so of. So it, d- it didn't it didn't really feel. Do people complain? Do people complain when you go more into the South about summer and how hot it is, or is oh, it just all the time? An ex- expectation about life. They complain as much about summer down there uh, as much as we complain about winter up. Okay. Oh, do they? Okay. Oh, yeah. I figured it was kind of just like baked in. This was part of your your DNA if you if you live in the South that you expect this and you don't complain about it. No, no, no. There, there are people down there that hate that part of it. Okay. They, they do. They, they they hate it like, like we hate scooping snow sometimes. That's good. That That's good. Uh, all right. Let's talk about some of the things going on in uh, in the chamber world. Uh, you know, one of, one of the big things that I know you're focused on, and I think a lot of leaders are, are focused on, here's being really competitive in in lincoln um for helping the state grow and that starts with with young people that starts with bright minds and and keeping those sorts of of people here and let's just kind of talk a little bit about about that strategy and what you what you kind of need to do to effectuate it and and what it's doing now we can all say this thing like we want our young people to stay here but strategically like strategically what is that what is proven to work in that in, in sort of that realm? Well, I'd say it's a lot more uh, than than even just wanting our young people to stay here. That's a big part of right. it, right? Uh, but but I think that first and foremost is we need to to continue to build the the community amenities and things to do for for young people and families that uh, make them envision having a future in this city, right? And I, and, and I think Lincoln's done a great job of that. Um, you know, right now at the chamber, we're we're very focused on helping. Uh, keep interns in Lincoln that might get a summer internship here. And, and, and again, here I'm talking about interns that are coming from all over America and they're coming to work for, you know, the amazing companies that we have here. Um, often if their internship consists entirely of, you know, w- waking up, going to work, having a great work experience with that company, but then they leave and go back to wherever their, their home institution is uh, that may be outside of Lincoln or outside of Nebraska. They haven't experienced this city. And so that's why we uh, now, and it's, I think it's third year, we do the My Turn internship program, and we've done other iterations of this previously, where we're just trying to give interns a, a good taste of what it's like to actually live in Lincoln to experience things. So we did a kickoff at the Salt Dogs game. One of the, one of the participants threw 
out a uh, opening pitch, which I know is a sore spot for Caleb, oh, Caleb this week. Caleb happened to just leave the studio, right? <laughs> did he know you were bringing this up? No, no, no. Oh, okay. I, didn't, wow. I didn't warn him. I'm not so, so, yeah, well, yeah. lucky for him, he didn't have to relive that personally. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's it's getting him, getting him out into the community so they can understand what the city is like that they're working in. Now, a lot of, a lot of these kids, yes, they are from Nebraska. Many of them have many experiences from Lincoln. Some of them are Lincoln, Lincoln residents. We want to give them a new taste because if we're helping them experience the community with their peers that are outside of their, their high school or collegiate setting, we know that makes them more sticky. If they get involved in a philanthropy or volunteering their time, that makes them even more sticky. They begin to think about what building a life here is rather than just onto the next job, wherever that may be. So it's almost like get creating a, a bit of a peer group for them, like exactly. a, a pre-existing peer group yeah. rather than just sort of than just you would get in the normal professional world, yeah. right? If yeah. I'm understanding you. Outs, outside of work interactions are huge mm-hmm. in, in creating that interest in sticking around. People will stay in a city for a friend, mm-hmm. right? Or a program that they believe in that they volunteer with. Yeah. Um, you know, jobs are pretty fungible right now in this world. It doesn't make me happy to say that as right. a chamber executive, but people can get jobs in a lot of places. There's a lot of great places to live. Mm-hmm. We have to go all out in Lincoln in demonstrating why this is a better community to be in uh, because of the connectivity that we can offer. Here. So these are so these are college summers for college age students, yep. right? With with this whole thing, it, I don't know how large a group like this is, but is that is that do you find that to be a particularly impactful sort of population these interns i guess i'm just curious kind of why the focus on what would be you know maybe a kind of a, a limited group there and and how much impact has it had since you've been doing it yeah yeah, yeah. so each cohort cohort has approximately 100 100 kids go through it so okay. so again we're not going to through this one program alone we're not going to sure, this is hiring a, from hard sure. to easy in lincoln uh and, and we don't uh we don't have that kind of expectation but uh, companies will tell you right now it's it's a ground game it is a retail politics game in getting uh, young people to settle down in a job in a community anywhere right now, mm-hmm. and so I'm willing to take a bet that if we have a hundred, uh, you know, participants go through that, maybe we get twenty, thirty, fifty, uh, you know, somewhere in that range. We don't have an expectation that all of them are gonna are gonna go uh, stay in Lincoln and go on to a career here, but. We know we're going to pick up some of them over time. How much do you think what that look at making a, a city attractive for that generation has changed between when when you and I maybe were or twenty one, twenty two years old before we had a family, or is it or is it always just kind of the same the same stuff principle wise? You know, I I'm I'm a bad person to ask about this because to me it feels like it's the same same song all over again, mm-hmm. and I can remember when I was that age, emerging out of my undergraduate uh, experience at. Nebraska Wesleyan had a great time there, but I I was looking around. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, for me, Lincoln always had the next step. So I'm I feel very fortunate to be able to say that I didn't have to leave to find where more my career path wanted to take me. Um, but I had I had friends in my peer group that you know wanted wanted to spread their wings. Eventually, I moved for my career, and I feel even more lucky to have gotten to come back. Yeah. Um. And and. That I think is is extra fun because then I'm choosing it, right? Yeah, I mean that's actually the pattern that I've seen. Interestingly enough, as I'm now into my 40s, and and you're living it as well, is people that say, okay, this first opportunity may be somewhere else, but 
you know, whether you realize it at the time or not, and, mm-hmm. and it may take having kids, it may take seeing other places in the country, it may take getting kids into school or, or that sort of thing. But it's it's kind of a comeback factor, which is, you know, it's really another population, but it's interesting to, to hear about how that might factor into the way that you think about this whole competitiveness. Absolutely. And I, and I think, again, broader perspective here, uh, you know, having lived in the Austin metro, everyone has connections that live in, in uh, you know, suburban America and, and in other large cities. You know, they talk about the, the core downtown in those cities like a completely different community. They never go into it. It takes, you know, 45 minutes to two hours. To, to get there in the first place uh to them they live in that that smaller suburban community mm-hmm. uh and and so when we talk about amenities i think we associate those with with urbanized areas but that can be associated with a, a point in time last thing i want to mention on this if i can mm-hmm. real quick yeah good uh is is uh, president ted carter at face the chamber recently he called this the year of the intern and mm-hmm. so we're we're thrilled to be partnering uh with unl and and, and with the entire uh, university system them uh, under President Carter's leadership to, to to be helping create pathways for those interns, and, and we just credit them for their leadership as well as our other post-secondary ed- education institutions for for really making those pathways possible. I, I know you do have an event coming up, but I want to talk real quick about Duncan first because because this is uh, interesting. Duncan Aviation. Yeah. Um, this is a this is a, people may or may not be aware of this, but the, the huge expansion going on on in uh, Duncan, and I think it's. You know, it, we're a ways away from its completion. But for people who don't know what's going on there and, and how relevant is that, you know, kind of to, to the entire chamber perspective that's going on right now. Yeah. So so the fun thing about Duncan Aviation is based on uh, many uh, metrics in the the personal aircraft and, and, and business aircraft uh, network that they work in, they can very accurately project future needs for maintenance on those aircraft that they service right here in Lincoln. And. And uh, it, it was fun in a, in a briefing on this. They got out their numbers and showed me. You know, we know that five years from now we're gonna we're gonna hit this kind of a new peak in this industry, broadly speaking, and we want to capture more of that. Hmm. So um, there's a market driven need that they need to expand on their campus out at the airport. Um, so we're we're thrilled to be working with them on a 38 million dollar. Um, aviation hangar expansion so where they're doing the work and maintenance on all these these aircraft it will add another 75 jobs uh in in this community it was supported through uh both uh some uh uh, resources we we help them access through the state as well as a fast forward fund at at the local level um and in partnership with of course the airport authority so another piece of good news from the airport authority they held their groundbreaking they're they're under construction right Mm -hmm. now and it's it's just another success story and i noticed on the way in mark was talking about the significant gift that they made to the uh aviation focus program at lps yeah which is really cool I love that, uh, you know, that idea of having kind of those specializations available in the city, particularly when it ties in with a resource like Duncan that you've got here. Absolutely. Yeah. It makes all the sense in the world yeah. for those kids going through it that they can just transition right into a career if right. that's what they yeah. want. Yeah. I, I mean, that's another thing in the toolbox kind of for, for getting these people to stay around is get them connected right away with yeah. Yeah, I bet that's going to be a ple- sweet place to tour. I want to go through there in fall 2022. I took a tour years ago there at Duncan, and, you know, I, I, I'm interested in planes, but probably people who are a lot more interested in aviation and those sorts of things, it's a cool place to take a look at if you get a chance. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. a fun workplace. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, last but not least, uh, I know you are having, this is cool, I think people don't realize kind of how rare that this happens, but you're going to have the Federal Legislative Summit, I remember talking about, Wendy, uh, about this every year, and just 
kind of how rare of an opportunity this is. Tell us about what you've got planned this year in Ashland on August 25th. Yeah, so so this is a fun partnership that's that's coming up uh, in partnership with the State Chamber and the Omaha Chamber. Mm-hmm. Um, and we fly the Nebraska delegation from that footprint, that eastern Nebraska footprint, back um, to, to meet with us at the SAC Museum. Uh, we're also thrilled that astronaut Clayton Anderson, who is the the new executive, yeah, he's the, up the there now. Museum. He's the man in charge. Is, isn't this great? He's going to be our keynote speaker. Very cool. Um, so we're we're really making a day of it out there uh, to to hear from our our federal delegation. And I know I know people get tired of politics, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm going to tell you, it, it's a wonderful opportunity to hear from these leaders and hear the cool stuff from Clayton Anderson about about yeah. being an astronaut and what he's doing at the museum. Um, you know, there's so much going on right now, and and I know that that people can get frustrated about the the issues that are creating so much passion or frustration uh, mm-hmm. right now. But I'm gonna tell you, there's a lot of basic stuff uh, related to things like roadways and infrastructure, things that we really really care about uh, right here in Lincoln right now, and and just encourage people to to plug into that if that's of interest. Yeah. They can find more information. Yeah, on who our knows? Yeah, but with you, you don't you don't hear from everybody all the time anymore, and so to get this is 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 pretty rare and uh, probably be getting some interesting insights out of that whole thing too and clayton anderson's great he's always uh, he talks a lot about going to the bathroom in space that's always uh something that he's (laughs) which which is an interesting he'll he'll probably get into it we'll give him some notes to avoid about that part it's 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 an interesting process if i'm being honest uh all right hey great to talk to you jason i appreciate it look forward to talking to you again next week all right thanks so much there go jason ball lincoln chamber of commerce 824 we'll take a break it's lnk today with jack and friends caleb's got your sports next and don't forget by the way top five tuesday coming up we got an open segment i've been wanting to do this one perfect on summer solstice rank the meats rank the meats your top five and i don't mean rank the animals we need a little specificity here if you're saying steak i want some details on the cut okay if you're saying chicken i want to know how it's fixed exactly you rank the meats we discuss coming up in 10 minutes it's lnk with uh jack and friends LNK today. What's the name of my show? It's KLIN. Get today's top news and sports directly to your inbox. Sign up for the daily at KLIN.com. This Malcolm Byron. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, 836. Welcome back, LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. It's a Tuesday, and that means when we get an opportunity or not completely full up with guests, we like to do a little game. Uh, I don't know if game is the right word. Discussion we call Top 5 Tuesday. It's where we take a topic that is ripe for debate, not the same ones that we're debating constantly in American culture and we want to fight each other about. Well, we may end up wanting to fight each other, but (laughs) it feels better when we're doing it about the topics we discuss on Top 5 Tuesday. It's a ranking 1 to 5. You've always wanted to be a voter in the AP poll uh, or something like that. Well, this is your chance with Top 5 Tuesday. Today on the summer solstice, of course... Uh, this is when we start thinking about barbecue and even more this even grilling you we're well into the season already there's no oh, doubt yeah. about it but we're we're in the midst of it and we're thinking about it and so not only given that but given this state's rich rich history in producing meat for America right on our tables and our our joined love of meat as a food we have decided that we are going to go today with meats your top five meats and again my my idea for this is not necessarily top five animals to eat i would like a little more specificity (laughs) and throw it and and i think maybe we can get some ideas and some discussion 
that are going on about this as well. So um, we're going to count down our five to one. We'll just go through one at a time. Text yours in. We're going to get to yours and see if it matches up. See who you align most closely with on this one. So, guys, let's see. How similar uh, How similar or dissimilar do you think we're going to be on this one? I think we're going to have one or maybe two that we agree on. Okay. It was hard. I've got several that I have. I know. I, I just to, missed the list. I, I have two I know are probably going to be controversial, but I'm ready for it. I'm ready for it. All right, uh, Caleb, why don't you uh, start with your number five? We'll go around the clock. My number five, prime rib. Prime rib. It, God, and it didn't the, make my list, but and if it were a thing, top ten, it'd be there. Because Nebraska, there are so many bars that have such good prime rib in small town Nebraska. That's yeah. true. Yeah, and, and the next day they have a prime rib sandwich or or something yep. that's and that's even better. Especially because a lot of the uh, the small town bars mm-hmm. are built right next to or just up the road from a uh, from a butcher shop, or they're going in. That's where the meat processing is getting done. Yeah, I'm an advocate for replacing either uh, turkey or ham on thanksgiving christmas or easter with prime rib at every opportunity i feel like it's a more appropriate holiday meat uh one of the best meals i remember having though was on the uh, friday night before nebraska played texas this is 20 years ago in a football game but going out to the old misties in havelock and mm-hmm. it was just packed and it felt you know it it feels like you walk in the door of that place and it feels like it's 1972 which is awesome <laughs> and you know, the band came in there and all but i had we had to wait for about two hours so you sit at the bar and you you talk to the fans and everything else and but you sit down and you're starving, and they bring out this plate with just an absolutely ridiculously sized prime rib on it, right? Mm-hmm. Medium rare. Then you got a bunch of bread to sop everything <laughs> else up afterwards. That's one of my favorite meals I've ever had was that night at Misty's uh, in Havelock. Yep. So I'd say I think it's a my, good choice. I, it would make my top ten, too. It would make my top ten. All right. So you're the only one who had that. All right. Uh, and, and by the way, if somebody has one you already have, we can jump in and, and yeah. discuss yep. together. Yep. Uh, uh, Mark, you, what do you have at number Veal five? Veal piccata. Jeez, I don't think I've ever had that. Oh, it's one of my favorites. I, I rank it number five. Uh, I, the trouble is, it's tough to get good veal in a lot of parts of the country, and it's got to be prepared prepared very, very well. But it is just one. What would you, what say would you it's com- veal tough? <laughs> no. What would you compare it to for those who haven't had it? I'm, is- I'm not going to compare it to anything because okay. it's just kind of on its on its own. I just. You know, good Italian. Uh, it's got the the capers and the lemon and a little bit of flour and just delicately delicately cooked. It's a it's a lighter meat. Okay, so I'm going to offend everyone with number five. Okay, those on the left of this discussion and those on the right of the discussion. The people on the left will say that I don't have a discerning enough palate. The people on the right will say, "Why would I even put this type of food on my top five when there are so many other things?" But I'm going to go, and I'm thinking of big, plump, juicy ones. Hamburger. Shrimp. Ooh. No, yeah, shrimp. Yep. I'm, I'm going to go shrimp. When I, I mean, and I would not. I don't know why you're upsetting people. That was a is, that was a thing that I was looking at, too. Were you looking? Okay. I, but I thought. Like, I don't the, know if it would be my top 10. It might be my top I 15 I thought the 20. seafood connoisseurs would be like, that's the chicken nuggets of seafood. Oh, no. Essentially. No, no, no. That people would say shrimp that. Are, shrimp are very versatile. I think so too. I they're that's they're what I number, like about them. I they're can, my number six. Okay, they're your number six. All right, but here's the thing: uh, expensive number one, um, you know, and not obviously fresh when you're 
for the most part, getting them here. But the good ones are not, you know, you get the little salad ones and they shrink up to like basically nothing. Um, so the, the big, the big fat juicy yep. ones are the, are the really good ones. Absolutely. But, but do you ever make those at home, Mark? Do you make shrimp at home at all? Every now and then. Yeah. When you, how do you do it? Do you buy them raw, cooked, peeled, yeah, I, unpeeled? Both ways, but I prefer to, to buy them raw and then uh, shell them or, um, uh, devein them yes, and then see, cook uh, them ourselves. That word disgusts me. So I, when I hear I have to do that, I don't. Oh, the devein. I don't want to do a surgery before dinner. Well, it's, it's just a little, you just got a little deveiner and it just. Ugh. It's rid of their veins. Okay. No, it's not their vein. It's called deveining. Well, I thought it was getting rid of their veins. Undoing uh, it's it's a poop what, vein. What do you think decapitating means? If you don't devein them, then you're pretty much eating the poop. Okay. I don't it goes around the back. Yeah. Yeah. Did shrimp now get lost on your list? <laughs> All right. Go to number four. Please. My number four, baby back ribs. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. There's just I have always loved ribs. I agree. I agree. And this is on my list, and this is high on my list. Oh, no. Well, don't say where. Just I'll, 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 we'll, I, we'll, we'll get to that. I agree. I was a little more general than that, but okay. Just, just I'll ribs? just say that right now. Okay. We, can, we can talk more Ooh, about that here okay. in a moment. Duck. Duck breast. Okay. I haven't had enough of this, but when I had, it has been. Re- I was That's surprised not, yeah. at how much I liked it. A nice lingonberry uh, reduction on it, or a Pinot Noir port reduction, something like that. Oh, I do have duck on my list. Do yeah. you? I do. Do you have anything to add to what Mark said? Then we'll get to it. Okay. Probably, I had it at uh, the uh, Alorange. Duck Alorange. <laughs> no. That's no. Okay. That's a uh, French for of the ranch. No, <laughs> it's not. <laughs> It's French it ranch. It's just ranch dressing on duck, right? No, it's oh, okay. an orange, a orange. Okay. Oh, orange, not a ranch. Orange. I had that uh, Casa. Uh, throw it in your nose. A, a dinner bit. at a Casa Bavina. They had it. it. Was great. It was really good. All right, uh, another controversial one here. And I'm just going to say this right now. If you ever give me the choice, choice at at breakfast between basically anything, we're talking about a sandwich, an omelet, a side dish between. Bacon and breakfast sausage. I am always getting breakfast sausage. Breakfast sausage is unbelievably underrated. It is, and I know we're kind of a bacon obsessed society, and I like bacon. Don't get me wrong, but I am always going with breakfast sausage. It never, I never get tired of it. Okay. I never get to, breakfast sausage is one of my favorite foods in life. We should have it more often. That's all. Okay. You're wrong. It can be patties. It can be. I prefer patties, but links, loose, however it is, it's fantastic. So I got that at number okay. four. Uh, my number three, good ribeye, ribeye steak. You want ribeye? I got mine there, number one. That's you got ribeye number one. Bone in, yeah, mm-hmm. oh, prime, yeah. prime. Yep. Are we yep. grilling it? What are we doing? Are we yep. are we searing That's... it? Putting it in the oven? Well, what you can are do we it doing? Either way, here? I prefer mine grilled. Are yeah. we sous viding it? I got oh, a yeah. sous vide machine for Christmas like two years ago, and I haven't gotten it out yet. A what it. machine? Sous vide? You know what a sous vide is? No. Oh, guys, you are not. I thought, I thought so. That's you're you, not as cool as me because I have one and don't use it, and you don't have one. Well, how much did that cost? I got it for Christmas, so I haven't asked. But <laughs> I feel like my wife is annoyed I thought, that I haven't I used it. I thought sous vide was uh, called a call in the pigs. No, it's S. Wow, S O U S V I D E. I know some of our listeners have used this, and they're going to tell you it's awesome. Your pig. Your pig. Okay, uh, my number three. Again, maybe this is uh, I don't know. Is this is this controversial? I've got chicken wings. I don't think that's controversial. I've got chicken wings. I just 
the 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 you know and and frankly chicken thighs are probably the best tasting part of the chicken the dark meat the dark meat is yep. the best tasting part of the chicken but the full experience with chicken wings the dipability the different ways of of creating it and the pleasure of the actual Eating the chicken wing off the bone is one of the most pleasurable eating experiences I believe that exists in mankind. I n- never, I never tire of of chicken wings in in basically any way. So I'll go chicken wings number three. My, my number three. It, oh, did I skip you? Yeah. Oh, yeah, sorry. You did. My bad. I was my, excited uh, about wings. Uh, my number three is pork tenderloin cutlets. Ooh. Cut, yeah, so I do pork cutlets. tenderloin a lot because it's yes. cheap and it's easy. Yep. Yep. Well, it used to be cheap. It was a lot cheaper six still, months ago. Yeah, it's still pretty. You can but, still get but, it che- pretty you know, cheap. Marinate them, cook them, slice, slice them into little cutlets. And how are you? Are, are we grilling? Oh, are we absolutely. Grilling on, you're grilling on low heat for yep. a long time, right? Uh, 30 minutes. Get it up to 160. Mm, yeah, I like mine more rare than. I don't, be careful with pork. I think now they say you can do pork at 140. Yes, mm-hmm. you can. Yeah, I agree. Though it's a- and and we we have a, a recipe for pork tenderloin that you you cut them into the little cutlets, you bake and wrap them, and you grill them. And there's a um, um, what is it? A mango uh, chutney like. Do you cut them into the cutlets before cooking? Are you saying not normally? You do with the bacon wrapped ones. Okay, so you bake and wrap it, then you grill them. No, you or you, you bake- cut them, bake and wrap the individual little cutlets. Uh, I it, on if we had a most underrated meats list, it'd be number one on mine. Yeah. Pork tenderloin. Yep. Uh, I agree with that one. It's my favorite pork product. Ye- well, my second favorite. <laughs> uh, Caleb. Uh, my number two is where I have duck. Um, specifically, I remember a time when my dad and I went out and we were pond hopping and I got a teal and that was the only one we got the entire time. So my dad took the uh, the breast and bacon wrapped it and that is one of the best so meals like I've ever had in my words life. words I don't even know what are in that <laughs> sentence. Pond hopping? Yeah. What's yeah, that? you go down a country road. Are you road hunting? And, yeah, you just yeah, you go down a country road, and normally there are um, farm ponds on each side. And if you come over one of the man-made dams, there's a bunch of ducks in there. You shoot what you can get; those other ducks fly around to the next pond. So if you're not at your limit, you just go to the next pond. Pond hop. Does the does the farmer come out? And go, get off my property and shoot a rifle shot into the air? No, because we are responsible. Uh, Get off my property! Responsible hunters, and we know whose land that is. And, and you probably they, have asked permission ahead of time. Yeah, it sounds like you're just driving down the highway and looking for people's property to me. No, the hi- highway hunting is very different. And then you clean them and make them. Yeah. What do you grill those, or what do you do? Yeah. So what my dad did, I remember with that teal, is he went and obviously you got to get everything out from inside, but for the Gross. feathers, went and singed off everything on the outside. Oh, yeah. Oh, so good. Okay, just give me the play. Tell me when it's ready. Yeah. I don't want to hear <laughs> that. Was your number two? That was my number two. Uh, my number two, uh, kind of in the same area as uh, Cornish game hens. Oh yeah, I've heard those are really good. Ooh. Do you make like the whole thing? Oh yeah, like a little mini yep. rotisserie chicken kind of. Yep. Bake them and grill them. That's number two for you. Oh wow, I might have to do this. It's like a little mini personal. It's like a little, it's like a personal pan pizza, but a, yep. a hen. <laughs> I like that idea. The personal pan pizza and, and, of and the animal you, world. You, you can doctor them up. We use a lot of uh, uh, Lowry's seasoning salt, mm. but you can take like uh, chunked up fruit and put it in the the carcass, and it'll give it a little. You know, they're not even big enough to do like the beer can chicken with that, though. No, It'd have no. to be like the shot glass chicken. Yeah, with that, <laughs> we just put them in a little uh, like a cake, um, 
a bread pan, you know, one of the little... Okay. Or a, a foil pan. Man, I'm getting excited about grilling tonight. Uh, I'm doing for my number two. I debated on... Uh, uh, this is my steak spot. I only had one steak spot. I probably could have done steaks on all five to some degree. And I went back and forth. But I wanted to do something bone-in. So I'm going Porterhouse with okay. mine. I'm going mm-hmm. Porterhouse. I, you, could, uh, you could make an argument for T-Bone, I think, for me. Because they're, they're kind of similar. But Porterhouse is a little bigger. So I'm going with the Porterhouse. Mm. If it's no. if it's done right, oh, yeah. All right, go ahead. Now for number one, yes, venison backstrap. Ooh. Wow, <laughs> backstrap. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I forgot all about that. Oh, don't worry. I, I knew I was going deer. Yeah, I knew I had to go deer oh, on that number one. Name is so gross though. Venison? No, backstrap. Backstrap sounds like they just took like a cheese slicer down the back. Pretty much. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, this is going to be your most close, closest to like the, like the ribeye cut on beef. Um, but this is, it's very tender. So there, you do have a, it's a very fine line from overdoing it. So it's, it's just a couple minutes. You're going to, you're going to sear it on the grill. You're going to let it rest probably 10, 15 minutes, um, marinate it up ahead of time too. So good. There is a lot of taste. Are in you there. guys? Are you sear guys or reverse sear guys on the grill? Depends. It depends on what. Well, how, what sometimes what? how I'm feeling that day. Sometimes yeah. just what the meat oh, yeah, is. Yeah, it really depends. Uh, definitely sear um, uh, like okay. a, a prime ribeye. Uh, give it just a little bit of a sear, and then much uh, slower. Right. I, but everybody was into reverse searing a few years ago, and I was like, "Am I doing it backwards?" But <laughs> okay, that's interesting. Now I don't think I've ever had that, so now I'm interested. Well, All right, Mark. If I get a deer this fall and I can get any venison backstrap, can I come? The hunting? Yeah. Yes. We'll get one. <laughs> We've got three cameras on this adventure with my new scope. Uh, which, I got the XTAR twenty three. Stop it. What's Pro your number edition. one, Mark? That's the bone in ribeye. The bone in ribeye. Uh, and you know, it's it's really hard there. Uh I, I do like a good tomahawk, but uh, I've never had one of those. They are they are really good, but they're really tough to cook because they're so big. I was I did my podcast with Malachi Coleman, and he was talking about his recruiting visit at Nebraska, and he said they had did they they had already eaten a bunch. Then they brought out these huge tomahawk steaks, and I was like, did you just carry it around the room <laughs> like a piece of chicken at a Renaissance fair or something? A, pri- a piece of prime uh, bone-in ribeye is just almost impossible to be. <sighs> I'm going number one. Oh man, I feel guilty about my whole list. I'm going, I just, I didn't say baby bag, but I would say pork ribs when done really well. And I'm realizing uh, my top three are all bone in type things. But man, when, when pork ribs are done really well, it is so hard for me to not get excited or order them off the menu. I've got some but, spare ribs in the freezer. Yeah, I would, I would include spare in that. Yeah. I think you get the St. Louis style or the, or oh, the baby no. back, but baby back, baby back. Yeah. I I'll, I could do either. I don't know that I've really ever had beef ribs that often, so I don't know how those compare all that much. But that's it, no comparison. So that just the look, you know the, the look on the grill when it starts to come away. The you see the ends of the bones mm-hmm. or on the smoker. That's a magical moment in my heart. Oh, I've so sentimental right now thinking of that. <laughs> oh, it's the guy. That, the guy that taught me how to really uh do baby back ribs i've learned this morning from his son that he passed away last oh, night. oh my so, goodness man could he cook what ribs. was it just real quickly what kind of a method was it was it uh smoking grilling oven oven and grill oven and grill i do the three two one in the smoker 
three hours and two hours in foil and one empty with a barbecue sauce on. Yeah. Um, really quickly, if yes. you want to get to the text yeah, line. Sorry, go ahead. Sorry, but this was fun. Now I'm raging hungry. Uh, Chris Nolatha, five to one, says baby back ribs, bacon, brisket, burnt ends, filet, ribeye. We had no brisket or burnt ends in our top five. Uh, number one, Debbie, says five to one, bacon, chicken breast, prime rib, uh, breast. sliced turkey for sandwiches, filet. Oh, Dealer Dave, five to one, says pulled pork, smoked ribeye steak, medium rare off the grill, chicken breast, doesn't matter how it's cooked, ground beef, it works in everything, hot dogs, I'm serious, everyone likes a hot dog. Marie, five to one, prime rib, top sirloin, grilled hamburger, jalapeno cheddar brats, pulled pork. Ron, five to one, smoked pork ribs, smoked prime ribs, smoked brisket, Korean ribs, ham in any form. And former Fox Hollow, Karen says, beer can chicken. Okay. Sliced turkey for sandwiches? Come on, Debbie. Yeah. Debbie, we're going to have to talk tomorrow during what chapter I had <laughs> Wednesday. We had no brisket in our list. We had no like pork butt, pulled pork on our list. I've never made burnt ends, but I've had great ones, so I think... A lot of that those could are so be close. There as well. Pol- Polish dogs, a lot of the sausages are going to be in my top 15. This is a great topic. We could do this every day just to have a meat segment. <laughs> meat, preparing, talking, eating <laughs> well, meat. Well, let's, let's just do one each then and yeah, go, Ma- go deep we should, into We should it. feature one every week. And Mark talking about it is great. I could listen to him do that we all day. We could do some meat Mondays. Right. But again, you guys talk about the beginning stuff. I talk about the eat stuff. Yes. All right. 8.55 on KLIN. Want today's top news stories? Top Husker stories? You can get them sent straight to your inbox every afternoon. Just sign up for the daily for free at KLIN.com.